Hello, and welcome to The Worst Person in the Room. I'm your host, Teresa Francesca, and we're not going to have a proper outro to this episode, so I'm going to take care of the show business, the business of the show, right here up top. If you would like to subscribe to The Worst Person in the Room podcast, you can do that through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. It's on TuneIn Radio as well, and hosted through Podbean. You can also find new episodes or all of the current all of the uploaded episodes through the website worstpersonintheroom.com and our social media pages on Twitter and Facebook are at worstpersonpod. This episode is part 2 of last week's episode <laughs> talking about masculinity and related tangents with Reese. So let's get into it. Do you think that you Embrace femininity inside of yourself, in in yourself. I don't know why I say certain words. Are we defined femininity as being sensitive or being more in touch with one's feelings or being better at or trying to be better at listening, <laughs> um, being more cooperative? Is Are that, those what you're defining? That's, I guess that's how as I'm aspects defining of it. femininity. Yeah. yeah. Being strong internally. Strong in the real way? Yes, strong, as Pearl would say, strong in the real way. Good. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a place for physical strength in this world, but I don't, I don't think physical strength is... It's much easier to be physically strong than it is to be strong in the real way. And everyone can be strong in the real way, even people who can't be physically strong. Um, but I guess to get back to your question, um, I'm trying to, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be more empathetic and putting myself in other people's shoes. Do you think that's a feminine thing? Unfortunate. Well, I don't know if this is unfortunate, but yeah, I guess. I feel like as men, other people are supposed to be in... What am I trying to say? You're not supposed to put yourself in other people's shoes. You're supposed to be able to make people see things your way. You know? Whereas... And maybe that's not necessarily true. Maybe that's oversimplifying it. I'm sure a lot of men would beg to differ, but... I feel like... I feel like the people who dominate, you know, who are like, it's my way or the highway, they're respected on some level. If they're men. Mm. Not universally, but kind of. Whereas, like, compromise and listening and understanding and empathy are, like, reserved in the feminine sphere. It shouldn't be that way. But I feel like it kind of is. So... I I guess I would try to be more understanding. Like, I remember I learned at some point back when white people first came over to what we now call North America. and they Wow, were... you're that old? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I remember learning that when white people would make their oh-so-honest and forthright treaties with Native American tribes. Um, sometimes the Native American tribes, when they would meet with a delegation of white people, they'd be like, where are your women? We don't make any agreements without our women present. And I don't even remember where I learned this. I just I heard it somewhere. And to me, that was one of the most powerful and empowering things I think I've ever heard um, for a society to value half of its members that that much. That might be nice. That like no important decisions were made without making sure that they were present. And I think if we could get to a world that was like that, it would be a much better world. So I try to 
I try to embody that. I guess what that means is like I, I've never been much of taking a leadership role in most things anyway, but I definitely want to take a followship role. And, <laughs> and I honestly think if we're going to beat this whole election and all the other shit that's gone with it, patriarchal bullshit, um, I think that it's going to be, I hope at least, I hope that it's going to be women leading the way even though a lot of women did vote the other way. But I don't know. So I guess... So I guess your your question was like, how would I embrace femininity? I guess I would like to think I would take the traditional... The role that fairly or not is often ascribed to women of like being someone who listens and tries to the support, understand. The help me. Yeah, tries to be supportive. And like as a man, I want to be supportive of women. Like not to get in the way, not to and to use the privilege that I have to help them. Like like I was saying earlier when I'm in male spaces using my maleness to affect that. And then same thing with with whiteness as well. My problem is I haven't haven't worked up the courage and yet to do it. Do you have any ideas of how you could work up the courage? Uh, I don't know. The Wizard of Oz has given us no help, by the way. It's just like, oh, you go to a castle and find out you had it all along, so fucking that's useless. I mean, actually, I was thinking just start doing it. Yes, <laughs> I'm like honestly that's the right answer. Yeah. You you can't be ready. Like you just do it. You'll never be you... more ready. <laughs> You'll never be ready. And then once you um Yeah, you just do it and then once you once you start doing it it's just like you know, like did any great activist ever wait until they were ready before they started doing things? They just did it and then they became ready, you know. And I think that's the same thing that I'm going to have to do, I guess. Um, Do you think we have to get ready? I mean, when I'm asking this, I mean, I think. I think we, there is still a level of, like, getting ready emotionally, psychologically, mentally, getting ready through our lives to reach the point where we say oh i just have to do this i will never be really ready but we have to get ready to get to that point was that a question no it was not i was i started to ask you a question and i'm like what i'm trying to say is this is what i think (laughs) (laughs) i'm not trying to put it off on you i'd like to be able to view masculinity not as this negative role that turns human beings into monsters or in this sort of passive negative negativity is like oh it's a it's a backpack full of privileges that i get to carry around that other people don't have but i like mm. i think that's the opposite (laughs) well they're both negative right they're both like one is an active force of harm in the world another as a a a any quality that protects you from harm in the world like maybe that's kind of a stupid way of looking at it like rather i no, i was thinking of the backpack thing but i mean there is the term like you know uh, unpacking um your invisible knapsack yeah but the idea of of labeling it as like oh i have to carry around this heavy backpack of privilege i'm like that seems like the opposite sentiment honestly well it's not a heavy (laughs) backpack but it's like there's there's i guess way down by my white i guess the guilt associated like so guilt can be paralyzing you know like oh as a man I have all this privilege. Yeah. And it seems I feel like a bad, bad excuse. It. Yeah. To be paralyzed by guilt privilege. Yeah. I mean, not that it isn't real and that it can't be paralyzing. Just like, it's not a reason. <laughs> I'm like, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. A reason not to do anything. Hmm. 
I don't have the patience, <laughs> at least. <laughs> you were gonna, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Or, no, not, I no, mean, I'm not it's sorry. fine. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the point that I wanted to make was I'd like to look at masculinity and maleness as a positive thing, um, as a force of good, as something that... I mean, I guess part of me is like I will. I get. I get. I also. I. I like your idea of just smashing it, like of getting to a world where like gender roles are, are you know, done away with or or voluntary, you know. But there's no like value judgment associated with them. Um, and I think until we can get to that point, I like to. I like to view masculinity as a force for good. And I guess the way I would do it is just having, as just confronting other men and other white men and other white people as like, Hey, this isn't cool. You know? And also, I guess being able to have conversations with people, um, that would like, I feel like, I could probably talk to my coworker about his vote for Trump. So like be having access to that space and talking him through it, you know, I guess that's a, a, an idea of like using my masculinity and also my race or my skin tone or whatever as also as a force for good. Do you think masculinity has played a part in the reason you haven't spoken up any more than you have? And you have actually, you've had conversations with this, with a coworker at work. I, it's not necessarily masculinity. I, I, I mean, other than just getting along with this guy. I mean, I guess there's a, I don't know if it's masculinity so much as like. I mean, it's very possible it's not. It's just a question. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't leading. It's, anyway. it's just me like wanting to stay on a good re- working relationship with someone I work very closely with on a professional level and you know and not wanting to rock the boat or burn a not even really a friendship I did like the guy and I still do like him as a person until I, I but mm. I just I don't like him politically where where do you draw the line between I like him as a person but not politically? Where does the political <laughs> separate from being a person? <laughs> I like him as long as we're not talking about politics. Guess what? This question is a trap. This question is a trap. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, are you making the argument that you can't separate the personal from the political? I mean, always. Yeah. My thought, and maybe you'll think this is a weak excuse, but what good does it do? to get into a political argument and blow up at someone or have them blow up at you at work and then you still have to come and see this person like if we don't have a good working relationship then that like affects that department and i guess you could make an argument like who cares but but i i just mean i don't mean your behavior oh you mean in general i just mean where and where and really how are you are you able to say i like you as a person but not politically how are you able to do that just in your mind i don't care about your behavior <laughs> i mean i care but <laughs> it's not what i'm trying to ask about well there are people that i liked as people as in like i got along with them i liked talking to them i thought they were fun and interesting people as in like you know, like talking to this person would always make me feel better because he would cheer me up or he would be humorous or, you know, just their easygoing attitude or we would talk about the things that we can get along with. There's also another coworker uh, who works in a different department that's the same way. Very nice guy, very genial, really liked talking to him, made me feel good. And then I found out through the grapevine that he voted for Trump and I was like, holy shit, you know. And, I mean, what would you prescribe that I do? Not talk to these people at all? I mean, I have no idea what to prescribe for you. I'm not really thinking about your behavior and your action. I'm just thinking how you are looking at someone. I mean, 
you know, often also it kind of depends on my mood and the day, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. if I'm feeling good, I can be like, you know, this coworker is a nice guy. It just sucks that he voted the way he did. And then some days when I'm feeling bad or something happens in the news or I see something or read something, I'm like, I can't believe that motherfucker voted <laughs> for that guy. And that's another thing about masculinity. Um, I don't know if this is masculinity in general or just me. I can get extremely angry, extremely furiously angry. And sometimes I feel like that's a script that I might have learned from my dad. Sometimes I wonder if it's biological because my dad kind of has a short temper. Mm, It was, yeah. I mean, it could be either and both. It was definitely modeled for you and your dad's very mellowed out much. But, the stress of not just having a brand new kid. <laughs> yeah. But anger and masculinity are very much tied to each other in my mind. Like that, and you're right. Like the boys are socialized that when there's a problem, there's a conflict that needs to be solved with action, and it's motivated by anger, rage, actually. Like this. I know I keep talking about the election because it's been weighing on my mind ever since November. You know. But, like, it, there are times when it drives me to a very, very dark place. Because I'm like, how can people support this? What is going through these people's minds? Like, there are some times where I'm just like, man, you know, I... When I when I get scared, when I get backed into a corner, when I think about what might happen, like, I turn to anger. And I turn to some very dark thoughts. And I don't know if that's a masculine thing or not. Maybe it is. Maybe that's how we're socialized. Maybe that's a genetic thing. I don't know. There There is a side of me that, like, isn't nice, I guess. And is and is particularly furious with people who voted for, who voted the way they did and support that agenda. Uh, I don't know what to do with that. Mm. I mean, I, I know I shouldn't act on it because it's bad, it's harmful. It'll harm me and harm others. But sometimes that fear kicks in. Do you not? Do you not feel that way at all? Like, is, do you not have the that bone in your body you don't have that side of you at all there's not one part of you that wishes you could just i don't know which bone do you mean anger or like retribution retribution it's much less developed in me like i have a like i have a slight you know inkling toward that but it's so much smaller than just than just wanting things to be kind of set right hmm and my idea of right is not necessarily punishing the people who are spilling everything on the ground. Um, it's it's just much less developed in me, personally. And maybe that's a thing about... You know, I've had this whole thing with anger where... I, I don't think necessarily I was in denial about... I mean, I guess you could argue I, I was in extreme denial because I didn't realize I was in denial about it or something. Because, like, I, it's very hard for me to access anger. I go... I will go usually straight to just, you know, plumbing the depths of my sadness. <laughs> I will go to sobbing on the floor. Um, I have very rarely felt really rich anger. Um, because I very rarely felt anger uh, in a conscious way. It has usually translated something that would appear as anger in you or, or yeah, trigger anger in you would and make you like flare up would make me sink down. Do you think that's a, a role? It could be very, very gender. It can be just as much like, um, just plain like, starting out baseline personality, uh, or even like neurological differences. Or it could be have influences in how we were 
taught how we were raised to be different how, how i was raised to become a woman um and you were not uh, <laughs> yeah it could be anything but i mean i feel like i've only like just woken up to anger very slowly over the last about five years and so i feel like i'm kind of in the baby stages of anger where things are very still very personal my political frustrations don't necessarily come out as anger mine do all the time yeah i know your anger is developed I, it's not necessarily healthy all the time but it is developed mm. and mine is is not <laughs> it's not very developed yet i mean that's that's you know armchair literally armchair my chair has arms um <laughs> Honestly, that's the biggest thing that I feel like keeps me from trying to do any sort of dialogue with people that I know voted the way they did, because I'm afraid that my anger will very quickly flare up. They made me so mad. The stupidity, the hypocrisy, the ignorance. Just thinking about it is yeah. making me mad. You can tell by how <laughs> I sound and how I look. Just, just just reliving it like my blood pressure is going up mm. it's so sad that's and you know what's the worst of all the worst of all of it is there's part of you that kind of likes it i know this this inner this thing got kind of dark <laughs> but there's like part of me that kind of likes the rush of, of anger of anger when righteous i feel anger yeah the righteous anger like it's like yeah you know what he deserves whatever is coming to him yeah, you know, it's like it's intoxicating almost. Mm. And that's what really frightens me. You know, what if I act on this anger? Because I'm not an angry person. Like, I'm not walking around in a rage all the time. But I feel like it can be triggered so easily. And, like, I guess that's... And, and I feel like I've... Like, I've never been in a fight, not really. And, like, I've never been a what I would consider to be a very aggressive person. And, like, growing up, I was bullied. I felt like I was on the receiving end of aggression, but rarely the perpetrator. You know, I didn't... I, so I, you never, like, exacted violence toward anybody? I think I did on rare... Well, that's not true. I mean, I, I remember one time my sister stole... When she was very little, and I was you know a kid she stole my wallet so i went into her room and i like hit her um i remember one time i was roughhousing with some kids at like a church camp and i remember picking picking on the one that was smaller than me specifically because i knew i would win um but other than that not i can't think of it. i mean probably the times i've invo been involved in anything violent is you know, less than five times, you know, like I'm not, I don't, I don't think of myself as a violent person and I don't think of myself as an angry person, but I guess I am kind of scared and worried about my capacity to get angry. It's like, I feel like there, there's not like a dial. It's not like a, Oh, I'm a little angry about this. It's like zero to 11. Yeah, it's and it's more like a light switch. Yeah. It's a light switch. Not a dimmer. It's like, <laughs> Not angry, not angry, not angry, rage. Not angry, you know, it's it's weird. Mm. It's like I, I... I feel like, certainly for me as a child, honestly, I was going to say me as a child, but I'm like, actually still, um, one of the things about masculinity that I really grasped for was the physical power to take violence into my hands if I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to dominate physically if I needed to, and uh, I mean that's that's still a thing. I'm I I mean I think it's it's that physical power that so often belongs to men hmm. that I have always really wanted to have. And I remember as a kid, I I had this idea like, oh, I need to defeat a boy. Mm. while i'm a girl while i'm young but it was not emotional at all it was not like i feel rage at this boy and i'm gonna beat him up on our trampoline 
it was I should do this I or not not I should do this but like oh this is a task that I have to cross off I have to make sure I do this and just get it done so like after I um I got in like this weird scramble fight that, that the boy did not want to be part of um and it was weird but I'm like I have to be the winner I have to win this this thing that I just decided would happen and I wasn't even like like it wasn't in a heightened emotional state at all that I remember but I just like came in afterward and like sat down on the couch and like announced it to my mother I beat up a boy like it was a ta- like it was a goal that I had to like achieve and then I'm like then I could like go on with my life a scramble fight I don't know it was you know we were like less than 10 right so so it wasn't like it wasn't like punching it was just it was like clawing and mm. not like clawing um but like just like your hands in the kind of claw position as you try to like make sure the other person's down and you're up so you like knocked him over it's or like something? weird wrestling we were on the trampoline so it's yeah. very confusing i don't even know uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah i had a thing like that and then the only other fight I was in with someone else, with like another neighbor. Well, this was a neighbor, and then the next one was like with a friend of a friend who went to school with us in um, seventh grade, and she decided to fight me for some reason. Um, I think I did call her. Like I did say to our mutual friend that you know I didn't like her so much, or that she could be kind of bitchy, and this was like. And I was like, why? You don't, I don't know. I was like, I didn't think I had kept it a super secret from the other, from the girl who wanted to fight me <laughs> that I didn't like her that much. <laughs> but apparently, um, apparently them's fighting words. I'm not great socially, clearly, <laughs> if I thought that was, that was smart. Um, but yeah, she wanted to fight me. And I was like, and she, she started to fight me. Like we were literally, literally on a street corner uh, as we were walking home from school. And she had threatened to fight me before and like the school had heard about it for some reason. And so I got called into, before this ever happened, I got called into like the guidance counselor into this like weird dark room. It was like not well lit. She only had like a weird lamp. Anyway, she asked me about it and I was like, oh, I don't know anything about this because I hadn't heard of it yet. Um, It hadn't come to me. Um, And she was like, yeah, I don't really feel like you would be like, beating trying to beat people up or fighting i'm like yeah i definitely wouldn't and um you know and and then when it happened like probably a couple days later after school she started to fight me and i like wouldn't fight her and then she started to walk away and then i just had this urge and i like kicked toward her I didn't think I kicked her. I think I just kicked toward her. And I was like, this is the worst idea. In a fight, you do not let your legs be vulnerable like that. <laughs> this is the worst idea. Um, but then I was like, oh, shit. I, what the hell happened? It came out of me. And um, and so, I just, you know, and she came back for me. And I managed to get out of it and and, like, walk away quickly or get away. And I was so scared. I kept checking behind me. Oh, my God. No, that's not the start of me being paranoid about people coming behind me. That's from way before. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just like had a, thought I had a realization and then realized I was wrong. Um, but yeah, I kept checking all the way walking home from school. And I started crying because like I was like, oh, I felt like I had committed like a sin in being physically violent um, at all. And like, I was like, I, you know, I was very into being a pacifist, like to the, not, not to the extremist point. Although I did cry once because I was eating a cow and it was so good. Um, hmm. <laughs> I was the same era of my life, but uh, yeah, so it's kind of weird. I feel like now those things have kind of balanced out where I'm like, I want to be able to defeat a murderer or a rapist or anything, <laughs> but, um, but I don't, I'm like, don't kick people it's a bad idea and don't beat up someone because you feel like you must dominate their gender (laughs) Mm. poor guy i mean to be fair he also sprained my arm a little later too whatever Mm -hmm. 
Wait, he later after you? I assume. Him? I assume because after after I fell on my arm, um, we did not. He would not really approach me. Um, we didn't. We weren't like in contact anymore. He like approached me like literally once. I think while my arm was still in the sling, and and he just looked at me with the saddest eyes, and. And then I've really barely seen him since. Hmm. Obviously, we live very different places now. Unless he lives here. That was that very possible. I'm not connected to him at all. Um, I was like, what if he's in this building? <laughs> do you do you still feel, do you feel really bad about like what you did to him? Or do you just feel kind of like, I f- meh? I feel... I mean, I was quickly chided. Whenever I announced to my mother that I beat up a boy very casually as I fell into the couch, um, she's like, "What? You shouldn't. <laughs> That's not fucking okay." And um, I don't know. I whenever I think about, I've not thought about it very often, but I've thought about it recently. Mm. And um, it's it's weird. I do feel really emotionally separated from it because I think at the moment it was not that I was ang- I wasn't trying to like hurt him. You were checking off a bucket list? I was trying to... I wasn't trying to beat him up. I was just trying to beat him. Oh. I was trying to be the winner. I wasn't trying to injure him. <laughs> mm. um, I was trying to dominate. Uh, and that was my goal. And unfortunately, it took the form of a physical thing and it was it's just yeah i'm like it does i'm not even i don't even quite feel like guilty um but it's i feel it's like it makes me feel like unclean kind of um like oh that's like that's that's a part of me Hmm. um you know and i'm like and it doesn't even matter if i wouldn't do it now i understand that instinct i i or, or not it's not even an instinct is it or is it i don't know but this instinct i'm like you are an example of something and i am an example of something and i and i already sense how your example or your um your group has a position that my group doesn't and can't if things continue the way they do Mm. I, th- this is the patriarchy i'm talking about the patriarchy <laughs> um although i didn't know that word when i was like eight but um and i was like i want to defeat that and so i'm going to defeat you mm. because you're around and <laughs> i've already put my brother in dresses so <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's already going to hate me for his life anyway <laughs> do you still want to beat up boys or do you want to beat up men no not even a little bit? I mean, if they threaten me. <laughs> what if they don't threaten you? What if they're just being obnoxious? Like, what if they're being pigs? Like, like okay, like, real life example. There was a, I think I told you about this. There was a guy on the bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy on the bus. Bus driver, me, him, a young woman whole time basically all up in her space flirting with her not wanted she was doing the whole like you know oh i'm being you know like trying to dis- diffuse the situation mm-hmm. not being like yeah. aggressive not being like this isn't cool if you'd been there and you had the power to make him stop by I don't know, but that. The oh, I think that's a child. Happening? Oh, is that a child? If if <laughs> okay, how about this? If if causing him physical harm and you getting away with it would make him stop, and that was the only way to make him stop, would you do it? What? What the hell kind of situation is it? okay? Where I? I guess what I'm asking, and maybe this is a leading question, is. If someone is doing someone else wrong and the only way to stop them is 
to harm them, not like kill them, but like I don't know, like beat them up or something. Mildly incapacitate. Yeah, mildly incapacitate <laughs> Throw them in a closet. Um, Would you do it if they were gonna? If they were gonna fucking knife someone or something. Not even knife I, someone. If they're just being a dick. Oh, if they're just being a dick. Yeah. No. I would. All right. <laughs> like if I could get away with it, I absolutely would. Maybe that's. I guess maybe that's like a fundamental hmm. difference. Because like to me, just just even the act is still like a crime. Like mm-hmm. make like this is one of my triggers. Like I one of my things that really pisses me off is when someone who has power is squashing someone who doesn't. Like yeah. that infuriates me. Like like when I found out that Betsy Devos, the education department head was going to do away with the loan forgiveness program at the 11th hour, which meant that millions of people who worked in like the nonprofit sector, not mostly not making a lot of money, were not going to have their loans forgiven. This billionaire who's going to, who knows nothing, who knows nothing, who's going to, who's going to, who's going to do that to all those working class people. It made me so. It makes me so mad. Like this, the example of someone who has power squishing someone who doesn't. It makes me so mad. It makes me. It makes it just. It. It's like the injustice of it just makes my blood boil. And like if I could have done something to that guy who was making that girl feel this big, and using his masculine power to like, you know, box that girl and that young woman into that corner. If I could have done something to him, not killed him, but like <laughs> taught him a lesson using pain to not do it and get him gotten away with it, I probably would have because that shit just infuriates me. Well, would you have chosen that path over instead of trying to like defeat the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Would you have chosen that path instead of? engaging the girl and trying to remove her i guess that's the better path i guess if i had the power to do both i guess the better path would have been to remove the girl the young woman i don't want to call her a girl the young woman from the situation and maybe taught this guy a lesson not through violence but then like hey what you're doing isn't cool and you need to wake up and be aware of that like that's the better path I guess that's the. I mean, path I don't of... know if people, if like dudes, hear that though. That <laughs> that kind of message given to them. Well, I'm, again, we're talking about a hypothetical yeah, scenario I where I have the power to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I guess... like, I, I'm just like the the belief has kind of become like more and more reinforced in me that like, you know, I, I do believe that most people are good. That really hasn't changed since I was a kid, and sometimes I feel dumb about that. Hmm. Or I feel like other people will think I'm dumb. I don't feel like I'm actually dumb, but I feel like other people will think I'm dumb for still believing that. Um, but I do feel like it's been very reinforced over the past years of just being an adult that I'm like, oh, uh, you know, a guy with entitlement in certain ways is not going to hear something that's directly addressing that and being like oh that's not okay i'm like who is he gonna pay attention to that fucking probably not which is why like what's what's it gonna take to get it through his skull that it's not okay is it gonna take pain is it gonna take domination is it gonna take a bigger guy flirting with him making him feel uncomfortable implying that he might do things to him that he's not comfortable with for it to sink in you Mm. know like, for me, like, if I were, like, big and tall and jacked and could have beaten that guy up, I'm like, hey, cutie, how's it going? Wow, you're really cute. You're really sexy. You know what I'm saying? Make him feel that way? Make him feel small? Is that what it takes? You can see how, like, worked up I'm getting about mm-hmm. this. But, like, it's it's just, like, like oh, I, I hate, like, it's just, <laughs> I can't stand it when people use their position of power to squash people. It just, oh, it drives me up the wall. Mm-hmm.
What do you think about masculinity and sadness? <laughs> you can be sad, but you can't let other people show it. You can't, you, let other people you, you can't show it to other people. I mean, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I I have, of course. As a kid, I cried a lot, and as an adult, I haven't don't cry very much. But I have, you know, poured my heart out to my. I think it was my mom and my dad after David died. I'm trying to remember the last time I like sobbed. I don't. I don't remember. I mean, it might have been. It has to have been. I have to have cried since David died. I was I sobbed this years. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can you can grieve, but it has to be like qu- like private, quiet, and dignified or something. I guess. Oh yeah, I'm super bad at that. I would have been the worst boy. <laughs> I would have been the worst boy. I was a pretty bad girl too. <laughs> I mean, who can be good? I mean, some people. Some people can manage to be good, and then they usually, like, break out in some psychosis later or something. Or neurosis. I've always been very suspicious Either. of people who seem to fit perfectly into a their yeah, defined gender role. Yeah, they can't be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're a Stepford person. Yeah, like... like I like, mean, I think it's very possible to kind of, like, accidentally luck into kind of just filling all those things. But then I but feel... It's, it's less likely. I also feel like you must be a very boring person <laughs> or like you must you must I mean, not have a lot going on up here if you just like unquestioningly like, yeah, I'm yeah, this is of course I work out and play sports. And I mean, and, just because someone know, fulfills the expectations of a role doesn't mean they haven't questioned them. That's true. I, yeah, I'm like, I I mean, I'm I'm maybe just being annoying here and, and being me and being like oh there's a possibility of every combination of things including some like cisgendered man who just kind of like is naturally prone and naturally interested um in all the things that he's gonna be taught to be as a guy and i'm like oh that just that he he just lucks out and maybe he doesn't have to think about it too hard but it doesn't mean that he's like immune to thinking about it because hmm. i don't think it's one of the i don't think that a thing about you know being raised masculine would be that you don't put any thought into anything and don't question things Mm. um i mean there might be a level of that just in society (laughs) but um but but no i don't think that 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 is necessarily a part of it Mm. I'm, i'm trying to give give this hypothetical like gym rat who you know is just very uh very dry faced and i I don't want to put down jim (laughs) give him the uh, the benefit of the doubt but i've always felt like yeah i i I have been a little i question people who just fit a little too easily just seem a little too comfortable with being a gender stereotype, like I mean, I just judge people who seem too comfortable. I'm like, how? <laughs> how are you a person? Oh, I don't think we can get along. Uh, I'm gonna awkwardly pass you while I'm getting some tea. No, I'm not getting coffee. I'm getting tea. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> Peridot, bitter hops. Shh. I'm not Peridot. <laughs> Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm Peridot. I'm, I'm, I'm the exact moment I am Peridot the most is like Peridot when she's like denying being like Pearl. I am not like Pearl. That's, yes, that's when I'm Peridot. <laughs> the most. <laughs> well, all this talk of masculinity has made me very hungry. Again? You and just ate before we did this. And tired. <laughs> I mean, it's been like a while. So, is there a procedure for... Escaping? Not escaping. From which mountain? From signing off. For signing off. All right. Um, well, it's called the worst person in the room. Who do you think is the worst person in the room today? <laughs> There's two of us. Usually, I would do this alone, and so I'd always, by default, be the worst person because I'm the only person in the room. Well, how are we defining worst here? Um, we're not. 
Nah. It's like the worst can mean in any aspect. I mean, I feel aspects. like I'm usually the angriest person in the room, and then I feel guilty about my anger mm-hmm. afterwards. So. Usually what I mean is feeling the guiltiest. Oh. <laughs> but I can't know how other people are feeling, so when I'm alone, it's really easy to say. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm the worst person in the room because I feel like a lot of what I talked about was revealing very dark things about myself that I'm not particularly proud of. Like Honestly, how that is what this is get. for. <laughs> I oh, want really? that. Um, so I, I I nominate me for being the worst person in the room for having feelings uh. of, of anger. Nice. <laughs> I yeah. I guess you can let I can let you be the worst person today. Yeah. I mean, you you need to take a break. Yeah. I, being the worst person can be pretty exhausting it is it requires so much just like self flagellating and um just being trapped in my own brain a place i usually like to be um Mm. but it feels trapped whenever whenever i'm near other people (laughs) Uh, or too many too many other people or just the wrong combination god it's fucking easy to feel trapped in my brain um (laughs) <laughs> do you want to sing something actually you want me to sing something yeah. oh really you you actually want me to sing something i get it recorded <laughs> okay you know i would like to i mean i'm curious how it, my singing sounds in yeah. this, these mics which Same. are i'm sure better quality than my phone what's something that you like feel comfortable singing you, like know all the words to already <laughs> um God, i i always feel put on the spot Whenever I have to come up with when a song, you're being put on the spot. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I could sing Northwest Passage. It's one of my favorites. I'm not going to sing the whole thing though because it's kind of long. Okay, I'll sing the first couple of verses. Ooh, welcome to Northwest Passage, <laughs> sung by Reese. Call seven one eight blah blah blah. <laughs> to get him to stop, please call this number. <laughs> Make sure you pledge. <laughs> yes, we should do an opposite. Opposite of like if you want this man to stop singing, you need to raise ten thousand dollars in the yeah. next ten minutes. That's why I've never been able to get him to stop. I've never made that much at once. All right, all right. <clears throat> ah, for just one time, I would take a northwest passage to find the hand of Franklin reaching for the Beaufort Sea. Tracing one warm line Through a land so wide and savage And make a northwest passage to the sea Westward from the Davis Strait If there t'was said to lie The sea route to the Orient For which so many died Seeking gold and glory, leaving weathered broken bones, and a long-forgotten lonely cairn of stones. Ah, for just one time, I would take a northwest passage to find the hand of Franklin reaching for the Beaufort Sea, tracing one warm line through a land so wide and savage, and make a northwest passage to the sea. Three centuries thereafter, I take passage over land. In the footsteps of brave Kelso, where his sea of flowers began. Watching cities rise before me, and behind me sink again. This tardiest explorer driving hard across the plain. Ah, for just one time. I would take a northwest passage to find the hand of Franklin reaching for the Beaufort Sea, tracing one warm line through a land so wide and savage, 
and make a northwest passage to the sea. Yay. I don't think I've actually heard you sing that before. Oh, really? No. It's one of my favorite songs. I have no, I have never fucking heard that from you. I learned it on one of my midnight walks, just listening to it over and over and over again. You mean your 3 a.m. walks? You just leave the bed and you don't tell me? Tell me the next day. By the way, I left the house in the middle of the night. You're never awake anyway. <laughs> Such a lie has never been told. You only wait for the nights I am weirdly sleeping deeply. Maybe I should do it more often because you would sleep in more. I, can't uh, argue with that logic. Yeah, Don't even try. You can't argue with lies. That's apparently <laughs> what we've learned. Right. Thanks. Neither of us is the worst person because he gave us a beautiful gift. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, thanks, sweetie. Right. If you want to know more about that song, that's by a, a, a Canadian folk singer named Stan Rogers, who is unfortunately no longer with us. Um, we need to do just a, a <laughs> show where you sing things and then you tell me about it. And then song. tell about it. Actually, it would be good practice for that would be so fun. when I do like acoustical sets or whatever, eventually, when I finally learn you guitar. I'm pointing <laughs> at a guitar. <laughs> I'm going to learn you. pointing at the angriest eagle sight reader <laughs> I've ever seen. Do that, we know old Joe Clark? No, I don't. I, I was like, I know a Joe Clark. <laughs> not, not really. Oh, Joe Clark. Just know of someone with the name. Yeah, that was actually the song that got me inspired into folk singing because I heard it on Pandora. Am I like the only person who still uses Pandora? Does everyone else use Spotify now? I don't know. I don't. I use Spotify. So. <laughs> um, and uh, so that got me into, I created a station off of that and just everything that has come out of that station i've just been like more 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 of this 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 is the thing <laughs> so i really like and that's what got me in the sea shanties and all the things so i really like it i guess if i had a dream i'd like to be like the the next stan rogers like that would be kind of cool i don't know what that means <laughs> i want to be a folk singer that would be cool <laughs> i was like i would like to be louisa may alcott where parts of my family die and i am a civil war nurse and then i die unmarried and child free I mean, less, whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. We done? I think so. All right. Thanks, cutie.